All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 98 and the Cleveland Browns are officially dead for the 2022 season. You know, I actually think there is still a 0.5% chance that they make the playoffs. So if you really want to be miserable and keep your hopes alive, then really just put all of your energy into that 0.5%, but probably not going to happen. So uh, just operating under the assumption that this season is pretty much dead at this point after losing to the Bengals. Uh, We'll get into that game a little bit more, but uh, obviously always unfortunate to lose. Um, Before we get into that, though, I want to talk a little bit of Cavs here. Um, So obviously the Cavs have been an interesting team this year because of their incredible performances they have been putting on in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse at home, just every time shooting extremely well, feeding off the crowd. Some of their best games we've seen them play in years um, have been this season in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And then on the road, they tend to look like a completely different team uh, who cannot shoot the ball very well. Uh, and does not play with the same intensity and energy that they are playing with at home. And look, I know that is very true for almost every single team in the NBA. Like You just play better at home than you do on the road. But I think it's just been such a stark difference for this Cavs team um, that it is starting to get a little bit concerning how different uh, they look in both instances. And it really starts to make you think about, you know, playoffs and what a seven game series would look like and how they'll be able to handle um, being in some tough environments on the road. Um, So I'm just hoping we can really start to put put some better games together um, in those situations just to get the confidence back up, because I feel like it just every single time I'm kind of expecting at this point it not to look like the same team. Look, it's not like. I am so over the top concerned. Like we are still third in the East. This is a very good basketball team. There's a lot to be happy about, um, but you just start to notice patterns over time. And I think when they happen long enough, you start to get a little bit concerned about it. And we are into, you know, mid-December now. So um, I think it's fair to have some questions and look like there's a lot of factors at play. Darius has been in a little bit of a slump in the last few games. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. Some people are acting like it is the very end of the world that Darius is not playing his absolute best basketball right now. Um, I mean, there could be a lot of factors to that. Some people have mentioned that they think he might be um, working through some type of injury that um, we don't quite know about. Uh, So I don't know if that's a factor at all or if it's just a slump that guys go through. Even the best players go through times where they're not they're not hitting their shots. They're not playing very well. And that was that was how it's been for Darius most recently. But I think he will bounce back. Um, But I just think this is a great reminder on how important it was for this team to get a guy like Donovan Mitchell because you cannot just rely on Darius Garland to be your only playmaker um, because he's going to go through those moments and look Donovan Mitchell is a closer consistently this team would be struggling so much without him right now Um, and anyone who thinks that we should have kept those pieces that we sent over to Utah uh, instead of getting Donovan Mitchell is is crazy. I think it's fine to look at those pieces that we gave up and say that they are performing well at times and um, would be really awesome for us to have in our rotation now. Uh, but to say that 
we should have kept them over getting a guy like Donovan Mitchell, I, I do think is just a crazy statement to make because Donovan takes you to another level. And I would still like us to maybe make some more moves, get some more wings. You know, we, we have definitely issues and, and spots now that we're missing and our bench has been very inconsistent over the course of this season so far. But none of that means that you should have not made the trade for Donovan Mitchell. Like that was one of the best things that this this franchise has ever done. Uh, so just we gotta we gotta cut that out. We gotta cut that talk out because that guy is playing MVP level basketball so far this year, and we are lucky to have him. Okay, so getting into the Browns. Uh, fun stuff this time, like I said. So obviously we lost to the Bengals first time in quite some time that we have lost to the Bengals. I know Joe Burrow had not beat the Bengals up until um, this point. And now every time I say that, that Joe Burrow hadn't beat the Bengals, I think of, I don't know if any of you saw the video of the girl who like got her wisdom teeth out and was on some some medication and she was crying about the Bengals and how much she loves Joe Burrow and she was crying about how he couldn't even beat the Browns because we're historically the worst franchise ever. Um, so that was, uh, I don't know if you, if you have, haven't seen the video, you got to look it up because it's hilarious, but I'll never be able to think of that scenario without thinking of that girl now, which is, uh, is funny, but yeah, unfortunately lost, but something I want to bring up to everyone that I feel like isn't being talked enough about because we have so consistently beat the Bengals for a while. The Bengals are a really good football team. Like they are on a hot streak right now. They have not lost uh, since before, uh, actually since Halloween (laughs) when we played them and we beat them. That is the last time that they have lost at this point. So it has been they won all throughout the month of November and so far through the month of December. That is extremely impressive. They are really coming together on both sides of the ball. They had Jamar Chase back. Um, so it's not so shameful to lose to a really good football team that is playing some of the best football in the league right now. And I feel like that's getting lost because it's the Bengals and we're like, we've beat the Bengals. We should be able to beat them. Uh, but they're a really good team. So it, it does happen sometimes that you lose to really good teams. Um, and look, the Browns have so much going on right now. It was Deshaun's second game back. He obviously looked a lot better, but there were still some some rough moments. He obviously had the bad interception. Um, and I think just in general, he still is getting used to game speed and just getting him back into what it's like to play in a professional football game. And we knew that was going to happen. I feel like people now have wanted to rush the process because they don't like what they're seeing and they don't like losing. And I get that it sucks, but we always knew this was going to take more time and that you're going to have to be patient because changing your offense in week 14 or 13 or whenever we had to first change it is, is a really hard thing to do. And Stefanski's going to be adjusting to it. And Deshaun's going to be adjusting to it together at the same time um, in the middle of the season, which like I said, that's a hard thing to do. Um, so I think we we do need to take a step back and remember that this was always going to take time and it was not something that was supposed to be perfect in 2022. It was always about looking forward to 2023 and getting ready for that point. I think there's some other factors at play too. Our offensive line has been abysmal for the last few weeks. Uh, it all really started with 
I mean, the center position repeatedly getting taken down. But since Posic has been out, I don't think we've ever recovered at center. And that's obviously um, caused some issues for sure. Uh, And then I think Teller has not been fully himself ever since he was injured. Betonio is really the only one who's completely looked like himself, I think, this season. I mean, Conklin hasn't even looked like himself either. It's just been a it's been a rough season for this offensive line. So I think we have to take that into account too, because that really limits what you were able to do. Very clearly, it has limited our run game in general. Nick and Kareem haven't been getting um, you know, the the type of runs that they're used to getting because uh, the defense is right on them. And that's what happens when uh, your offensive line is not at the top tier strength that we have become accustomed to here in Cleveland. Um, So I think, like I said, important to take all of these things into account. I think all of this, though, all of the, the different issues have caused people to want to put blame on one thing. And a lot of people have started now shifting that blame to Kevin Stefanski. And this is where I start to get a little bit frustrated with the discourse because in my mind going into this season, I always thought, like I said, that 2023 was going to be what we were working towards because Sean got the 11 games and you just knew in that moment that this season was pretty much going to be a bust. Like if we made playoffs, that would have been like lucky, honestly, uh, because our expectations were so low at that point. Um, And I think Kevin has made the most out of an offense that has, like I said, had Jacoby Brissett at the helm, who has been a bottom of the league, bottom 10, bottom five quarterback throughout his career, made him look great, um, made our offense overperform. Obviously, our defense has not caught up with that. Um, But I think Kevin did a great job in general. And now he is adjusting to having Deshaun out there, which it's been two games now and people wanted it to look just perfect and him to be able to see into the future of exactly what everything was going to look like. Um, And I think part of the discourse has been that Deshaun started to look better during that Bengals game. And why wasn't Stefanski opening up the offense more at that point? I think it's important to remember that Deshaun looked horrible against the Texans and Stefanski was probably going into this Bengals game thinking, I don't want to, you know, ruin my quarterback. So we're going to ease into things here again this week, get him more comfortable, you know, get him some, some reps that are going to have him feeling more confident. And I think that's what he did because then he started opening up the offense more in the second half as he saw Deshaun getting more comfortable. I think people see things, you know, as the game, once the game is over and it's easy to look at stuff in retrospect and say, oh, maybe he should have done this at this point, but how was he supposed to know that Deshaun was going to be able to take more steps this week and not look like the awful quarterback he looked like against the Texans. I just feel like it's so easy to place the blame on the head coach and offensive play caller when there's just so many other factors at play that it's just easy to jump to that. And, you know, there was actually an interesting um, post on Twitter today from um, my friend Quincy, who talked about how people just want to be right and they want to be 
first about it. They want to be the first person to say, I have this take and I'm right about it um, so that they can just let everyone know how right they were and how quick they were to getting to that answer. And it's kind of what people, he mentioned this in his post as well, it's what people did with Baker last year. And I was thinking about it because, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know I really tried to hold on to Baker for as long as possible. Really, I mean, I I obviously started having questions with the Lions game last year when he didn't speak to the media. I started having a lot of questions after the Packers game when he threw four interceptions. Um, But I was slowly getting to that answer because I didn't want to make any rash conclusions. And quite frankly, I didn't know if the Browns organization would be able to get a quarterback with the talent that Deshaun Watson has. Um, I just never saw a move like that happening. And I didn't think we were going to get an Aaron Rodgers. Uh, At the time, we thought Russell Wilson was going to be, you know, still really great. I just didn't think that those caliber of quarterbacks were going to be coming to Cleveland. So I was slow to come to the conclusion that we should move on from Baker. Now, once offseason started hitting I was like yeah this is the decision we need to make but I don't feel bad about not being quicker to get to that conclusion uh, because I want to say that I was right first it's okay to take time and look at the full body of work in order to draw a conclusion about how you feel about something and that's how I feel about Kevin Stefanski people want to judge him based on two games with Deshaun rather than saying hey let's just give it a moment give it a beat let him do it. Let's take a look at things after when, you know, they've had more time together. This offense gets time to gel. Um, and then you can evaluate things. And if you come to the conclusion at that point that you want to move on, that's okay. But you don't need to make a decision on it right now just so you can have a, a, a right take or, or feel good about being first to something. Um, so I just think that's the perspective that some people re- need right now. You don't have to be like, no, we need to fire the coach today. That that doesn't have to be the answer. The Browns have gone through so many changes this year uh, that you just we don't need to rush anything. It's all like I said, it's always been about 2023 once Deshaun got those 11 games. So rushing to draw any conclusions on things that have happened in 2022, I just feel like is unproductive and uh, just not helpful for the future of this team. I'd much rather be able to evaluate everything as a whole rather than pieces and parts that we always knew were going to be a little bit messy at this point in time. So just some food for thought for everyone to think about. Um, which brings me to some mailbag questions that all kind of tie into what I've been talking about here. So it's funny when I, I posted on my Instagram for people to give me questions for this week, I got a bunch that were just like, why? <laughs> which is funny. It's just, you know, when we're at the dark part of the season, when it's just a, a why. No, no actual question. Just why is this happening? Um, but the question I get every single week is about the Joe Woods experience being over after the season. And I've repeatedly said probably going to happen. Um, but I specifically want to talk about this week on what I really struggled with, with, um, what he, how he had this defense prepared for the Bengals was that they did not double Jamar Chase at all. And players on the defense were asked about this after the game on like, why didn't you guys do that? And they're like, that's a great question. And that's just a concerning answer to hear coming out of of the locker room that they were 
confused on why that wasn't happening. Um, so that alone was was certainly concerning. And look, I think Joe Woods has made improvements to the defense as this season has gone on. Is it enough? Probably not. Um, but that is uh, that is one example of something that I think people really struggle with with him is, is adjusting to personnel and adjusting to the moment, and that was one where it just felt like he did not do that. Okay, next question, which I believe I also got last time. I can't remember, but um, do you think they will actually bench Watson after another crappy week? Um, and then another that kind of ties within it um, is should we go back to Jacoby? Look, guys, it is not going to happen. Like, they are moving forward with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. They paid him $230 million. He is going to be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns for the next however many years his contract is. That's just the reality of it. They invested in this guy. I also think it's easy to look at his performance against the Bengals and think it was crappy because of, you know, there was the bad interception. But I do think you still saw some of the really bright moments of the things that he can do. There was one specific throw to DPJ where he just escaped pressure. Like, I mean, it looked like how Patrick Mahomes does it, honestly, or how Lamar does it, where you're just like, how did he get out of there? Um, and it was it was really impressive, and he made a great throw afterwards. So there were a few moments like that where it shows you the potential of what this offense can look like. He just needs to shake off some of those bad moments, and I, I still think he was hesitant at times. Um, he wasn't really seeing the field as well, missed a couple open receivers at different points. So there's those things that I think his body – um, and his mind need to catch up with the game again. Um, but like I said, there were those positive moments that you can see um, how he is able to elevate an offense and elevate a team to another level. And as much as I love Jacoby, it's not happening, guys. He's not <laughs> He's not coming back as the starter. It's just, no, it's not happening. Um, okay, so next question. Who are the vocal leaders on offense and defense why can't we answer this? So I actually do have an answer for this, but I think it will explain why a lot of people feel like there isn't a real answer for this. On offense, I think we actually learned that Jacoby himself was uh, an extremely vocal leader in that locker room and that a lot of guys looked to him for that and still continue to, even as Deshaun comes back, that they still want him to be that vocal leader um, and that, that guy to look to in the locker room. On defense, I think it was always Anthony Walker, um, and obviously he had a season-ending injury, which was devastating from you know a play standpoint because our our linebacker room has been just decimated this year. I mean, JOK is on the IR now; it's been brutal for that group. But I think he was definitely known as the vocal leader on that defense. So losing him was awful from a leadership standpoint too. So I think that's why it's a hard question to answer because one, Jacoby isn't the starting quarterback anymore. And two, Anthony Walker went out for the season in the Steelers game, I think it was. So that was what, week three or four? four maybe I think it was week four so very early on in the season to to lose someone like that I think was definitely a hard on them but I would consider those two to be very vocal leaders for for this team okay uh, last question were we really so bad that we needed to spend a quarter of a billion on Deshaun um 
look, love it or hate it, quarterbacks run this league. Like, teams will do anything to get someone that they even think could be a guy um, because they know how much it can change the future of an organization. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs are set up for so long because they have Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. You can be confident every single year that you are going to be contending no matter what other pieces you have. You know Patrick Mahomes is going to make you a contending team, and every team is searching to have a guy like that because they know how much it just changes everything for you. Um, So obviously this has nothing to do with, like, the person Deshaun, it, like it's ridiculous to spend that much money on someone who's going through such awful things off the field. Um, but from a play standpoint, I'm telling you, like every single team would do that in a heartbeat because that's how important the quarterback position is. Um, and everyone wants to get a guy. And Deshaun, sh- he showed in Houston that he could be a top five quarterback in this league. So even just having a taste of that, people are. People want it, and they they will do anything to get it. Okay, so that's it for the mailbag. Where do we go from here next with the Browns? So we still have a couple weeks left. We have the Ravens coming up here um, with probably their third-string quarterback. Look, the rest of our season is, is fairly easy. We have the Ravens. We have the Saints. We have the Commanders, which could be a little bit challenging because they've um, – been a pretty good team in the the later parts of this season and then we have the Steelers as well so those are our remaining games very winnable games in general I'd like to just see improvements in the offense made with Deshaun at quarterback I think they just need to get more reps and more practice out there so that should just be the number one goal in the next four weeks is to try different things, see what you can do with this offense, and um, just continue to make those improvements. Beyond that, I mean, like I said, we're not in playoff contention pretty much anymore. So I think you start looking to what do we need to do in the draft and free agency to start plugging in some of the holes on this team. And I think, obviously, as I have talked about many times on here, number one priority Defensive tackle, you need to, not even one, you need at least two good defensive tackles, I think, in this offseason. That should be priority number one. I mean, our inability to stop the run was just, it hindered us in so many moments this year, even against some of the worst running offenses. We've made them look incredible, so I think defensive tackle has to be a top priority. Another priority, I think, would be to get another big receiver, I would like at least one more weapon. I think, look, we've actually looked better at the position than I thought we would this season. Amari has been great. I think he's been battling an injury more recently. So he he and Deshaun haven't quite connected yet. But I think that's in part due to Amari dealing with an injury. DPJ has taken a massive leap and has been incredible to watch this season. I think you've, you've seen, obviously, not at receiver, but great flashes from um, David Njoku at tight end. So we do have really good weapons out there, but I think getting one more would be um, a great move for this team to make. Just it never hurts to have another weapon. Um, I think we need to have some fixes at the offensive line now, which we haven't really had to say in a while, but you know, the time comes where you you got to start uh, building in a certain area again that you had perfected for a while. And 
I don't know what they exactly want to do with the tackles, but um, I think there could be something there. I think we're fine with guard, both Petonio and, and Teller. He, he will heal up and hopefully return to his, his true form. Center, I think, you know, we had so many injuries happen. I think Nick Harris um, could still be a guy for us. Maybe Posich, one of the two of them, I think, will be the center next season, but probably Nick Harris because I just think this team was invested in starting him at the beginning and he's young and I feel like they still want that, but who knows? We will see. Um, so I think tackle is the big one. Offensive tackles are, are the big ones there that we got to figure out. Like I think Jed will stick around, Jedrick Wills, but um, we got to do something else, I think, because it's been it's been a weak point more recently, and I'd like Nick Chubb to be able to run the ball at the same level that he can, so let's fix that offensive lineup. The other one that I have kind of been considering is probably safety. Um, I just think John Johnson might need to go. I don't know if he's quite lived up to the expectations that we had for him in Cleveland, um, so I could see a move potentially being made there. Um, but look, I think when you... I'm trying to stay positive in this episode because I feel like there's so much negativity about the Browns right now, and I just don't think it's as bad as people are making it. I know losing sucks, and winning is always the goal. But I think if you can look at the bigger picture for this team when you, and you look at the process of building a team, I don't think you'll be as sad about this season. Going into this year, I predicted seven wins for this team once Deshaun's 11-game suspension came in. So I think we for, forget that there's certain expectations coming into the season and somehow expecting playoffs when that was never the expectation is going to leave you disappointed at the end of the day. Um, and this team, as I've said a hundred times this episode, is being built for the future, was not being built for 2022. I think that's why Andrew Barry didn't make some of the moves on the defensive side of the ball like at defensive tackle. Um, that he could have made because he knew let's let's hold off on spending that money and maybe spend it in 2023. Maybe that's why he hasn't pursued some other wide receivers that are out there floating around in the market. Um, obviously, he did get Amari, which was an awesome move, but I think waiting and, and seeing what else is out there of who might want to come play with Deshaun, I think, um, is a smart move. And those guys might not have want to come this season because once Deshaun got 11 games, it was like, well, I don't really want to play, you know, six games with him or whatever it is. Like, I'd rather get a full season. So you might be able to attract some more talent in that way. Um, so I think it was always kept in mind that we were going to be building for that future. And if you can keep that perspective, like I said, you will be so much less disappointed with how this season has gone um, because of that perspective. You know, and that's how we always are with the Browns. It's always next year, which I get is a, it sucks to hear that all the time. It's not a fun thing to live in, but I truly mean like it was never about this year. There is a next year because that was always going to be the goal for the way they are currently building the roster at hand, specifically around the $230 million quarterback. Okay, so that is all I have for you guys. Um, if you just want to leave me a review or a rating, subscribe, share with a friend, all of that good stuff, I would very much appreciate it. Um, you know, we're still going to be talking Browns for the rest of the season and we'll start gearing up for, you know, what is to come for the offseason. And obviously, I'll, I'll continue to talk about 
what is happening with other teams in the playoffs and and everything at that point. Um, and then we'll continue to talk Cavs and anything that happens with the Guardians. But uh, we are still rolling, and obviously Ohio State in the playoffs. We'll we'll for sure be discussing that as that comes up here in the coming weeks. But thank you guys for listening. I very much appreciate it. And as always, go Browns.